Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. That's right, that's right. It is another edition here of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy Moriello, and I am your host bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. And I just really quickly want to open this uh, podcast on a, on a bit of a somber note. Uh, I would be remiss not to acknowledge and to uh, pay my respects to the great loss of life that we, we, we suffered, not only as a basketball community, but as a society, really, on, uh, on Sunday in California when, uh, when Kobe Bryant and his 13-year-old daughter Gianna and seven other passengers were tragically killed in that helicopter accident in California. Um, you know, this is not an, a Lakers podcast. This is not a NBA podcast even. It is a basketball podcast, though, and I would be, like I said, I would be remiss to not at least acknowledge and pay my tribute, however insignificant it may be, uh, to the great one Kobe Bryant and to all those who, who lost their lives in such a tragic way uh, on Sunday. You know, Kobe was obviously not only one of the greatest basketball players to ever do it on the court, but was on his way, I think, to becoming one of the best ambassadors that the that the sport and the game of basketball has ever seen. So it, it is really just a tragic, tragic loss. And I hope that this podcast, if you're still you know upset about that, I hope that this podcast can serve as a bit of a distraction maybe uh, for a little bit from that tragic loss of life on on Sunday afternoon in California. And that's what sports are. You know, a lot of times they are just a distraction from the, the grim and tough realities of life, whether it be personal life or whether it be something like this that's impacting an entire society. So I hope this can be a little bit of a distraction for you uh, tonight if your mind is still on that, obviously, as well. But tonight, the the distraction was not a very positive one for St. John's. It was really all negative, I would say, in a 20-point, 79-59 loss at home at the Garden to the number eight Villanova Wildcats. I was at the game, a uh, decent crowd, obviously, but not the result we were looking for in a 20-point loss. St. John's held their own for about 10 minutes, I would say. They were they were in this game. Uh, they controlled the game early on, obviously. I think they got off to an 8-1 to one start, 9-4 to four lead early. Uh, the game was tight in the teens, but then obviously Villanova, seems like Villanova kind of took that first punch that St. John's threw and it didn't really startle them a lot. And then Villanova kind of recovered and just kind of pummeled St. John's. If you're a wrestling fan like me, it kind of reminded me of of when you have that big, you know, giant heel type character, that bad guy type character, and the good guy kind of will hit him in the chest and it won't really affect him. And then he'll just go, you know, and, and just wallop the uh, the little guy and, and beat him into submission. That's kind of what this game felt like. St. John's threw, it, threw its punch and it just wasn't enough. And it's and it's tough to watch. Obviously, it, this one's a little bit easier, I think, to to handle at least because it was a blowout loss. Uh, it's a game that I, I came in, I didn't expect to win, but I hoped that they would have a shot. And I tweeted this out: they they needed to play a near perfect game to win this one. They really needed to to duplicate their effort from a couple of days ago against Seton Hall if they were going to win this game. You know, they needed to have a type of game like that one if they were going to have any shot and just hope that you can close it out in the end. And they played far from that today. Obviously, they were nowhere near perfect. They were not even really good 
for the most part, it was bad out there tonight. A lot of turnovers, obviously, just not a, not a well-played game for the Red Storm, and that results in a 20-point loss you know, against the number eight team in the country. Um, there's not a whole lot to say about it. You know, I, I thought that this was a chance for them to kind of get back into tournament contention, and that sounds kind of stupid saying it now after you see how they played tonight. That's obviously not going to happen now. Uh, they're more than likely headed, hopefully, for the NIT, you would think, but this kind of feels like the last gasp for the, uh, for the tournament hopes, and they are, are almost certainly gone now you would you would think but this kind of felt like it was a turning point in the season for St. John's if they could get a win they could not obviously they didn't play well at all and they fall by 20 against the number eight team in the country I, I would be more upset if they if they had a chance some of this was just Villanova's talent in this game you know Villanova is a team full of four and five star recruits uh, Jermaine Samuels didn't even play tonight Sadiq Bey Robinson Earl Gillespie, Cosby Roundtree. These are all guys who are very, very, very good players. And if you make mistakes, especially on the defensive end, if you make mistakes, they are going to capitalize on them. And you saw that tonight with St. John's going under under, under uh, screens to give up open threes, with St. John's helping out in the post for some reason and doubling in the post and giving up an open three. Villanova shot 29 threes in this game, and I bet about 20 of them were uncontested. They were wide open threes, and that's a big problem because when you leave a team like Villanova open, more, off, more often than not, they're going to hit those shots. And that's what we saw tonight because these are very, very talented players. And a team like Villanova where every guy on the team can shoot, it's a problem. I want to briefly, though, touch on the offensive performance for St. John's tonight. Rasheem Dunn finishes with 24 points. He actually shot 10 of 16 uh, from the field and hit three three-pointers. He had four assists as well. I think that's a career high for Rasheem Dunn as well. He played a good game, um, but he was a little too out of control again in the first half. A lot of those 24 points were really in the comeback effort, so I, I take that back. He didn't play a great game. Um, uh, I thought he had a very, very selfish play at the end of the first half, driving to the basket. It almost seemed like he looked right at LJ Figueroa, wide open for three, and instead decided to drive to the basket. Um, still too out of control with that, obviously. And, and like I said, a lot of those points were kind of hollow in the uh, in the comeback effort. But again, the story for St. John's on the offensive end starts and ends with their two superstars in LJ Figueroa and Mustafa Aaron. These guys combined to play 58 minutes tonight, and they score 15 points. 15 points in 58 combined minutes. They shoot a combined 6 of 21 from the field, 3 of 12 from three-point range. Mustafa Heron, 1 of 7 from the field tonight and just 3 points. LJ Figueroa finishes with 12, got off to a nice start in this game, and then kind of fizzled out. I think he had seven points relatively early in this game. So not a great game from him either. You know, you need, I said this, if you listen to my Periscope the other day after the DePaul game, 30-something, mid-30s, high-30s from these two guys, especially against a team like Villanova. You know, you almost need 40 from those two guys combined, really. You know, you need somewhere in the 30s, high 30s, low 40s, you know, high 40s even from these two guys if you're going to have a shot to win. Tonight, they put up 15 points. I mean, that's that's the story of this game. 15 points combined from those two guys. That's that's all. That's If you're not going to get any con- contributions from those two guys, you have no shot. 
Rasheem Dunn put up 24 points and it didn't matter. Now, Villanova played good defense, give them credit. But Mustafa Heron missed that wide open three when I think it was a, a seven-point game. It could have stopped. Or no, it was even closer than that, I think. It was early in the first half. Villanova was making their run. That three from Heron really would have calmed St. John's down. Wide open on the wing. Misses it. LJ Figueroa took a couple ill-advised threes. Missed a couple of open threes as well. When you get that type of performance from those two guys, you have no shot. Because, you, you know, you got 24 points out of Rasheem Dunn. And you still only score 59 in this game. So that should just that should tell you everything you need to know about this game. Uh, on the defensive end, I already kind of touched on it. You know, if, if you make the type of mistakes that St. John's made in this game, you're going to get burnt. Villanova scored 79 points. They probably could have scored 99. Villanova hit 12 three-pointers. They probably could have hit 20, 25 if they really wanted to because they were getting anything they wanted on the offensive end. You know, every it seemed like every shot for Villanova was uncontested. And, and the formula wasn't even that great. It was, you know, driving to the basket, getting the ball down low, and kicking it back out. And St. John's was overcommitting, as they usually do. They were not closing out well. They were going under screens. They were helping out on the post when they didn't need to, really. And and that's what happens. You know, and then that's, that's how you lose the type of game that they lost tonight. But, you know, the Red Storm, they needed to play, like I said, they needed to play a near-perfect game if they were going to get a win tonight. And unfortunately, they play one of their worst games, I would say. You know, this this was up there with Georgetown, I would say, for one of their worst efforts of the uh, of the season. And it results in a 20-point loss. And, you know, now where do you go from here? You're 2-7. And, and this doesn't this game doesn't totally change at least my, uh, my thoughts on this team. I still think that they can get to five or six conference wins just looking at how the schedule breaks for them. This doesn't really change that for me. But you got to start picking up wins against someone that's not DePaul because DePaul isn't on your schedule anymore. Unless you play them in the Big East tournament, you're not getting DePaul anymore. So it's time to start picking up some wins against some non-DePaul opponents. The The tournament dream, however lofty it was, it's it's gone now. That's not going to happen. Um, and now, you know, you just, you just hope that you can kind of salvage this season into something meaningful, you know? But... You lost to the better team tonight. There's not a whole lot to say. You lost to the better team tonight. You got blown out, really, and you didn't play a good game. And when you don't play a good game against Villanova on the offensive end or on the defensive end, you're going to lose. And that's that's really how it goes. So tough loss, but, but you know, with the way that they played, it's not totally surprising, to be honest. But all right, enough of me uh, talking. Let's get to our guest for the day. He is the original guest of the Seeing Red podcast. And he's, he's one of my personal favorites. All of my guests are my favorites, but but uh, Brendan holds a special place in this podcast, obviously, because he was the first guest ever. It is Brendan Myers, uh, and he's going to come on here. And we have a lengthy discussion coming your way uh, about the Red Storm's 20-point loss tonight against Villanova. And then a little bit of a uh, perspective, I think, I guess you can call it, uh, heading into the second half of Big East play. We're obviously now at the halfway point of Big East play, so we talk about what the Red Storm can do going forward uh, to make this a successful season now in, in context of where they've gone uh, through the first half of Big East play. So I hope you guys enjoy this interview, and I'll be back on the other end to wrap this show up. All right, I'm now joined by the one, the only, the notorious Brendan Myers coming on to break down the Red Storm's loss against Villanova. Brendan, how are we doing tonight? I'm good. How are you? It's always a pleasure to be on, Troy. You know I love doing 
podcast. How are you doing? Uh, I would be doing better if if that if I didn't attend that game and waste my time uh, and spend fourteen dollars for a beer, and you know just feel like it was a waste of time. I'd be better, but you know we're we're seeing where we're going here. Well, you got the full experience over there, Madison Square Garden, overpaying for the alcohol. So absolutely. You know. I guess so. And and as we mentioned off air, the Villanova fans tonight, they were very respectful to me at least. I had a nice conversation with an old man that went to Villanova or his kids went to Villanova. And so it it could have been worse, you know? Definitely could have been worse. That's really all you can ask for. Just a little bit of, of just being cordial, you know? Exactly, exactly. Especially when when St. John's is home, all you can ask for. Just a sense of cord cordial. Exactly. Cordiality? Cordialness? I don't know if that's a word, but, but it's okay. I don't know. Because well, you also know that it's going to be a neutral site game when they're at home, so especially against Villanova. So. Yeah, I mean, we talked about that last night, actually. It's mm-hmm. just, it was a little... definitely struck me as odd that the Villanova game would be a midweek, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm definitely... The, and I, I don't know the inner workings of the of how the schedules get made. I'm not yeah. I'm really not here to criticize. I just would like to see Seton Hall, Georgetown, and Villanova always be on Saturdays at Madison Square Garden. I mean, it's just a small gripe, not here to criticize. <laughs> but Villanova during the midweek, just a bit odd to me, you know? No, I agree. But um, if you're not here to criticize, we're going to have a, a little bit of a tough time doing this right now because obviously there's a lot to criticize from the Red Storm tonight. Um, you know, we mentioned off air, obviously not a whole lot to be totally upset with in this game. It was the number eight team in the country. They came in and they beat the crap out of a, a below average team. But your initial thoughts on the on the Red Storm's loss tonight? I thought it kind of followed the same pattern as most of the Red Storm's games so far, especially talking about Big East games. Where, I mean, they got off to that hot start. I'm sure a lot of fans are like, hey, we might be on to something here tonight. Yep. But... They go through that lull at the back end of the first half. I don't know what happens, but it just seems like there's rims on the lid and they can't buy a bucket. Uh-huh. And against a team like Villanova, Jay Wright, you know they're going to be well coached. You know there's going to be a lot of talent. So when you dig yourselves into those holes and you go in down 39 to 26, I think it was at halftime, mm-hmm. you know there's no coming back from that against a team like Villanova, against a team who, I mean, we're targeting, we're not here to criticize tonight. We need to <laughs> praise Colin Gillespie. I know he's, I know he's on Villanova. I know he's a he's a player for a rival of St. John. Yep. But Colin Gillespie just put on an absolute masterclass on how to handle that pressure. Thirty-seven minutes, Troy, mm-hmm. of Colin Gillespie tonight. Mm-hmm. Guess how many turnovers? Uh, I'm looking at it right now. He had one. He had one. <laughs> that's. I mean, that's incredible, and it's not. What was working for St. John's in the first couple of minutes was not so much that they were turning Villanova over, but yeah. Villanova was definitely uncomfortable playing at that pace. They were yeah. rushing a lot of their shots. Mm-hmm. Josh Roberts definitely was a factor down low, blocking shots, getting in the way of shots, mm-hmm. just all that stuff. But then Villanova just seemed to settle down. They started to find the shooters in transition. Got to look at Sadiq Bay. Big day for him. I think he finished with 23 points, yeah. if I recall correctly. Yep. And when... Villanova was very smart. They they came out, got off to a slow start, which those who listen on TV or watch on TV will know. Gus Johnson, Bill Rackery both alluded to the fact that Villanova has gotten off to a lot of slow starts, but they just they keep going, and that's a sign of a well coached team. They don't panic, and they have that point guard like Colin Gillespie that's not going to let the game get out of control, even when St. John's 
opens up with all the momentum, just slows things down a little bit, and Villanova was able to establish how they wanted to play, which was not necessarily fast breaks, but just coming down in transition. St. John's lost a lot of guys, a lot of open threes yep. for Villanova. That was my big takeaway, was just how many open threes they were getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I want, I want to get to that in a second. The uh, I want to get back to your first point, though, about the the offensive lulls. You know, when you when you... When that happens, it happened against DePaul on Saturday, you know, but when when that happens against a team like DePaul or even a team like Providence who didn't really like pull away in that game against St. John's, when it happens against a team like that, you can almost get away with going, you know, five minutes and scoring two points or, you know, not scoring a field goal for, you know, seven minutes. You can almost get away with that. Against Villanova, it's not going to happen. Like you said, it, it's just they're, they're so well coached and they're so like crisp and and it's like it's like watching art when Villanova plays offensive basketball it they're not gonna you know like match you and they're gonna put on like a 10 to 2 run or a 15 to 2 run like they did in this game when you go in those lulls you know it really is and you know just looking at what happened and why some of those lulls occur there's no direct answer but I mean some of the shot selection has to be questioned yeah right, Troy? uh-huh well, I'll give you. Can I give you one reason why I think the lulls happen a little bit? It's it's yeah, it's it's the two superstars. It's Heron and Figueroa. You know, I mean, like like those guys, like perfect example tonight. Villanova was on that run. I I don't have it in front of me what the exact run was, but Villanova had taken the lead after trailing kind of big in that first half. Heron had that wide open three from the wing. I think it was his first shot of the night attempt and he and he missed it and that's a wide open three and that's a chance where you can stop that run that Villanova was making kind of regroup I want to say it was like a four point game at that point if that three goes in which is a wide open three from an all Big East type player and Mustafa Heron supposed to be your senior leader if you hit that three it's a totally different different game and they just they don't seem to have that type of stopper this year like Shamori Pons was last year and I hate to keep going back to Shamori Pons but they just don't have that you know yeah and I think LJ falls victim to that a little bit where he tries to be yeah. that guy. I mean, cre- credit, I mean, I again, I hate the moral victory game, right? Mm-hmm. Like, ab- absolutely hate it. Yeah. It, but it also has to be said, Villanova wins by 20, but it wasn't a lack of effort by St. John's. No, no. I, I, you just got to make that clear. Yeah. So what I'm about to say has to be taken in a different light as opposed to effort and not caring playing self. But Figueroa, I think, sometimes tries to be that guy yeah. in the mold of Shamori Pons, and he takes some questionable shots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, very early into the shot clock, I think two or three possessions in that first half, he's taking wild threes, you know? Yeah, uh-huh. And I think when... Bill Raftery definitely pointed out on the TV broadcast, which I thought was a great point. Villanova, I think this was actually in the second half, mm-hmm. but Villanova went on a little bit of a scoring run. St. John's, another offensive blow. Rasheem Dunn just puts his head down and gets to the bucket. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you got to do during these offensive blows. you got to get to the free throw line and get layups, get bodies around the basket, not really settle for eight seconds into the shot clock, a 35-footer, which I think they do too often. Oh, yeah. That's what I, you know, Dunn was definitely the bright spot for St. John's tonight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 24 points. And I just, I love watching him play because when he wants to get to the bucket, he gets to the bucket. There's no <laughs> stopping him, you know? Yeah, and, and something's going to happen, good or bad, something's going to happen when he gets to the basket. Yeah. And it's going to be entertaining, yeah. at least. Um, 
you made an interesting point about LJ, and I and I didn't really think of it this way, and now I am. I uh, I recorded a quick open before we did this, and and I, I put the blame obviously on Heron and Figueroa, but at least tonight, and maybe maybe more throughout the season that we're not noticing, is it is it like you said where it's Heron is not playing well, Heron has three points, or Heron is scoreless. And Figueroa feels like he needs to press and needs to, like you said, be that guy to hit those tough shots and to take those heat heat checks and to try to get the team back going. Do you kind of like take some of the blame off of Figueroa because of how poor Heron has played? Is that something that you do? I think it's, I don't know if I'd phrase it like that. I think they definitely feed off of each other, you know, where they, I keep saying, you know, I gotta stop that. (laughs) I do too. I do the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's definitely a scenario where the two of them need to play more mutually beneficial to each other, you know, and not Uh really, like, I think if Heron's struggling, I would like to see a little more Figueroa trying to make plays to get Heron, you know, shots in rhythm because that's where I think Heron's at his best we've seen him struggle a lot yeah. over his time in Queens where he's forcing things too much how yep. many times have we seen him just put his head down try to get to the basket but offensive foul because he's going in a little bit mm-hmm. out of control mm-hmm. right Yeah. I, I want to see Mustafa Heron catch the ball at the elbow off, off ball screens and because I mean he's got such a pretty jump shot yeah. and the form is, is damn near perfect yeah. right uh huh it's. It, I would say it's about as close to textbook form as I've seen. Yeah. I, I don't know. People might disagree. No, I agree with you. That's just how yeah. I feel. So I want to see him catch the ball, one, two dribbles, and easy jump shots. I know all the analytics say mid-range jump shots are the worst thing you could do. But I just think Mustafa Heron is, is a player that definitely needs rhythm. You know, he needs yeah. to see one or two go in yes. before he starts to convert from outside. So I want to see them get him the ball just not even close to the basket, just more in the mid-range where he just catches the ball off the screen, one, two dribbles up, easy basket from the elbow, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Am I, do you agree with no, that? I, no, I agree. It's, it's definitely fair to disagree. No, no, I agree with that. They, they definitely don't run enough offense for their two superstars and like you said a lot of the time the the offense in the half court at least is let's run the clock down on the perimeter and then try to make something happen with eight seconds to go and that's not going to help anyone especially Heron and Figueroa like you said run more off ball screens for these guys get these guys open neither I mean like you said neither one of these guys is is incredibly good at, at making their own shot you know that's not really what either of them do so get them the ball in in, in uh, rhythm like you said and get them some open shots in rhythm which they don't do enough especially for Figueroa, uh, Figueroa as well I feel like he's 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 uh, just as as hurt by that as Heron is where never getting the ball in rhythm always having to do his own thing with it. and that that for Figueroa at least leads to a lot of four shots yeah I think Figueroa to me is almost at his best when the game when the game's a little bit ugly yeah. and nothing's really settled. I mean, last year, the reason he exploded onto the scene in the way he did was all the, the putback dunks. He just he was around the basket all the time mm-hmm. last season. Mm-hmm. He was slashing in the floaters and the putback dunks, as I just mentioned. So I just want to see LJ get a, a back to that style of play, not necessarily worrying about the three, because, again, our basketball is such a game of rhythm. Yeah. That if you see your first two or three layups or floaters go in, that'll open up the jump shot because then the defense starts to guard you a little bit different mm-hmm. if they know that you're a threat to blow by them. So I just think getting to the basket will open up a lot for Heron. 
and Figueroa. And Troy, you just mentioned it yourself. Figueroa was not really the greatest isolation player either. No. Know? Yeah. No. No, I agree. And, and I want to touch on one more thing that I that I thought about those two, and then we'll get to the defense as well. Mm-hmm. With, with Heron and and it's you know getting in that rhythm and getting in that in that flow of the game. With him, it's it's so important because tonight it feels like once he you know misses that first shot. Or once he misses those first couple of shots, he was shooting like mid-range, you know, 15-foot jump shots tonight. And once that he released them, like you said, he had that he had that pretty form, that nice release. But I had no, like, I did not have any confidence in him, in him that he was going to make them. You know, like 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 as a fan, it just feels like when he is not in that rhythm and when he's not in that flow of the game and when he does not see a couple of shots go in, go into the basket, it just feels like it's going to be a long night for him. You can almost like predict it. You know. Yeah, and he gets a lot of a lot of criticism thrown his way, and I think that's just because fans have such high expectations for him. But yeah. I'm I'm just not ready to write him off yet and just say that he's done. I've seen way too many people on hashtag SJUBB, which yeah. is a toxic place at times. <laughs> but that that he should be benched. No, that, I, no, I'm just I'm not buying that. No, I know one for seven tonight is not great. I'm not saying. He's, he's had a pretty bad run of form, especially since coming back from the injury. But I'm just not ready. The team, I don't think you can make a legitimate argument that this team is better if he's on the bench. Exactly. Yeah, he's, I really don't. He's one of, of three legitimate guys that you feel confident in with the ball in their hands on offense, and mm-hmm. taking him out would just yeah, it would be stupid. And that that's that's you know that's that's like you said that's the the toxicity of that's is that a word talk. Toxicity of of the toxicity. Uh, to- yeah yeah what well, you said of of the, the hashtag. Um, let's talk really quickly about the the defense as well. Uh, Nova shoots twelve of twenty nine from three point range. Sadiq Bay five of nine. He had a great game. Twenty three points for him. Uh, Colin Gillespie shoots three of six as well. Uh, I, I said in my open as well. Feels like Villanova. They shot twenty nine threes. They made twelve. Feels like if they wanted to though, they could have made. 23s in this game. They just had wide open threes, uh, you know, possession after possession. What were you seeing in the in the in the three point defense for St. John's? I don't know if it's necessarily. This th- I, we mentioned earlier that just a lot of guys got lost in transition. I'm not really sure how that happens. Yeah. You know, especially, it ha- I mean, the most glaring thing. This is a completely different game. I don't mean to get off topic. No, no, good. But there. During the Seton Hall game, Miles Powell just strolled up to the three-point line <laughs> in transition. Nobody was within five feet of him, uh-huh. and that just to me is is again indicative of what's going on. It just seems not that they lose focus because they're always locked in on defense. Again, yeah. not an effort. No, thing, no. But it just seems like there's there's still too many miscommunications, and guys will will go to double, but it's not necessarily when everybody's ready to double. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you're noticing the same yes, kind of thing. I am. But, again, this really has doesn't have a lot to do with the St. John's defense. It's more just where I think these two teams differ. Villanova, 29 made field goals tonight. Mm-hmm. 14 assists. Mm-hmm. St. John's, the 25 made field goals, 9 assists. Mm-hmm. And I think with Villanova, the ball really doesn't get stuck in anybody's hands. Yes, that's so a good point. So, no matter how great uh, a team plays defense, which St. John's actually played... Decent. Yeah. I mean, I can't say great. No, no. Shot 48% and and put up 79 points. So you can't say great defense. But Villanova did have to work. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yes, it, yes. It, it just goes to show, it's hard to play defense when the other team keeps the ball hot and keeps the ball moving. No, that's that's a and good point. That's a good point. Go ahead. I, I, think, I think with St. John's right now, at times, and again, we talk about these lulls, especially in the back end of the first half, they're easy to defend against. Yes, that's true. No, that's, that's I don't true. Think, Go ahead. I'm sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna I was just gonna say about the 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 defense as well. With with Villanova, like they're not a team that's gonna kill you on the post. You know, they got some big guys, but they're not gonna kill you. I don't understand why why how many times that the ball went into the post and St. John's was, was doubling and like you said it was sometimes doubling and maybe they weren't ready to double. I just feel like sometimes it was doubling and it wasn't necessary to double. Like like we mentioned off air, uh, a guy like Damian Sears can come in for a couple of minutes if he picks up a couple of fouls, so be it. But he's a he's a big body that's going to get in the way at least. I, I just feel like there were times when they were doubling and that was leading to a, a kick out to a wide open three point shooter when it wasn't really necessary. Yeah, I mean, defense is really, it's such a team aspect of it, you know? Yeah. Like, all five guys need to be in sync. You get one guy, and I'm not saying this is the case, I don't know, but you got one guy that goes rogue in the slightest, and the whole defense is screwed. Uh-huh. You know? uh-huh. So if, if you get one player that thinks he can, you know, make a quick steal if he doubles from the weak side in the post, but not everybody else is ready for that... You, you get open shooters on the perimeter against yeah. a team like Villanova they're going to make you pay for it again it just comes, comes back to some of the mistakes it's not that they weren't making them in other games it's just that when you make them against a <laughs> Jay Wright coach team exactly. you're going to pay for it exactly yeah exactly it's, it's it's the same mistakes we've been seeing it's just they were they were capitalized upon uh, tonight uh, before I yeah. let you before I let you go what are the what are the thoughts for you now for the rest of the season I mean I came into this game you know my my moron self thought that this could be a win and then I didn't expect a win but you know I was thinking oh they can win this game and then beat Georgetown all of a sudden they're four and six they're back on the bubble yada 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 that's that's obviously not gonna happen now uh, what are the expectations for you though for what's what the final final half of Big East play actually? Well, we talked earlier in the season. I forget after which game, uh-huh. but you asked what I was looking for for the whole season, yeah. and I said that we wanted to see some results that this team could get it done against some of the better opponents they were playing. Yeah, and they did get it done against West Virginia, and they did get it done against Arizona. Mm-hmm. But since then, they haven't really lived up to that. They haven't beaten anyone but the ball. <laughs> maybe those two games... Well, first, not even maybe. Those two games definitely heighten the expectations yeah. among the St. John's basketball followers. They're yeah. like, holy cow, they, this team might be a lot better than we thought. Uh-huh. And then they lose to Butler by two, albeit they were down, what, 23? Yeah. At one point in that game, but they come up just short. But then since then... You just have some really dull performances, you know. The loss at Xavier, the loss at Georgetown, I think was the... I'd say that's the one anomaly of this season because they just didn't look ready for that game. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. That, so that's I the think, one where you could say the effort wasn't really there, I think. Yeah, that, that was just such an odd game to watch. That, that again, i just say that they just didn't look ready. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yep. But... Then the tough game up in Providence, Deaton Hall, heartbreaking loss. So I also said back in earlier in the season during the prediction, I wanted them to get a win against Villanova or to get a win against Seton Hall. Mm-hmm. If you want to go back to the Seeing Red archives, <laughs> you could be able to find it. <laughs> but 
But they, they didn't get either of those, right? They lost Nova. Lost Nova tonight, lost Seton Hall. I think on the 18th it was, yes. right? Yep. So now you need to beat Georgetown on Sunday, right? Like, I'm not even talking tournament, right? Yeah. I'm just talking what happened down in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Again, we just said that was the one game where the effort wasn't there, whatever it was, uh-huh. whatever the case may be. You need to come out on Sunday and beat Georgetown just to show that that game was a fluke. You know, yeah. it's not a persisting issue. Yeah. So I just, we want to see more of those. Just, I don't, I, again, I don't want to play the moral victory game, right? <laughs> but what, when you go down to Nova, on February 26th, you don't want to lose by 20 again, you know? Yeah. You just, when a coach is in his first season, the expectations is that the team is improving and constantly getting better, right? Yeah. So, when they go down to play Villanova on, on February 26th, just don't make the same mistakes. Work on the perimeter defense. So, I think that's what that's what my expectations are for the rest of the season. Just keep building on what is not working early on. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, well, you want, you want to see... You don't necessarily want to need to see wins. You just want to see improvements, basically. Yeah, because I, I've seen enough from Mike Anderson to know that, that this is a guy that can lead a program. I agree. Do you agree with that statement? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, not that necessarily you agree with 100% of what he does. I don't, you know, I'm not going around saying he's the best coach ever. Uh-huh. But he, you certainly have seen enough that he could lead this St. John's basketball program. Yeah. So now, now what I want to see is how do you fix those offensive lows? What in-game adjustments can you make? What, what, how can you get the players in different spots to get them easier baskets so that way you can start to move towards complete 40-minute efforts? I mean, Troy, I've talked about this on my radio show on WSJU, but I want to ask you, have you seen one 40-minute complete effort from the St. John's team so far? No, because even in the in the upset wins at the end of those, it was it was just kind of holding on for dear life. You know, they didn't really close those games out. Right, so that's what I'm saying. You just want to see them move closer to that 40-minute no, effort. And, and that, that's what I'm looking for, is just how can they keep improving and building upon the, I would say, solid foundation that Anderson's built. Yeah, no, I agree. And and, and he's the right guy for the job, I, I still think. And, and, you know, we do remember the expectations at the start of the year, which was, was ninth place in the conference, and they are ninth place right now. I, I, I think they're still ninth. So, you know, the, like I said, I, I, I think in terms of a win standpoint, get to five or six wins. Try to win a Big East game, and we'll see where they go. Go, you know, if if they play in the postseason or anything like that, and then we'll see next year. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, just right now you just want to see improvement. Yeah, you know, in the coach's first year, you want to see, and again, you already have starting to see that yeah. Mike Anderson's footprints are starting to to build on this program, and I, I would say. Dare I say, Troy, mm-hmm. trending in the right direction? I think so. Maybe not, you know, they, I don't know how good they'll be next year, but I, I would say two years from now I want to see an NCAA tournament for sure. But you know, that's that's a, that's far away, so we'll see. Troy, can I just ask you one more unrelated thing? No, oh, go ahead. Before You know what the strangest part of this versus last season is to me? What? And I, and I know that it, w- it was because of the front court issues and everything. Yeah. But how is it that St. John's last year went 0-2 against DePaul, uh-huh. and then this year 2-0 against a better DePaul? <laughs> it, it, it absolutely baffles my mind. I've been up at night thinking about that. <laughs> that team was an anomaly, and they, you know, 2 and 0 against Marquette last year as well. That team, I don't even want to think about that team because that team let me down so much, and that was so frustrating. That team, they they, they bothered and, me. That team, at least, and, you know. 
hindsight's twenty twenty, but you win a couple of those games against the Paul, a couple of those yeah. games against Providence, a couple of those games against Xavier. You know, you're not playing in the first four. But hey, history is history, right? Absolutely. We got. I think we got a better coach now as well. So we'll, I do too. We'll yeah. yeah I, th- I mean, everything happens for a reason. Like I said, you just want to see them keep turning in the right direction. And if we're seeing complete 40-minute efforts uh, as we move down the stretch here, Big East plays, you just, we're at the halfway point, right? Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, just about. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just what you want to see. And I, I, I know he's a senior, but I want to see Mustafa Heron get back into the rhythm and, and be the player that, that, I don't know about the rest of the band, but be the player that I know he could be. No, I agree, man. Well... We, we, I thought this was going to be a shorter one tonight because there wasn't a whole lot to talk about. We ended up going for like 25 minutes, but uh, I appreciate you. You're always gracious with your time. Uh, you always bring your A game when you come on here. Uh, you know that you're one of my favorite guests as well. You're, you're obviously the original guest as well. So uh, I appreciate everything that you do for this show, man. And, uh, you know. I'm just surprised that me being a recurring guest hasn't tanked the ratings. I'm surprised people haven't given up on it, seeing my name pop up so much. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think the ratings can get any worse, so so I don't think there's much to tank. But. All right, man. Well, we'll enjoy the rest of your night, and uh, we we will talk soon. We'll definitely talk soon, probably in the regular season. You know, if not in the yeah, maybe after, maybe after a win sometime. Hopefully, one one day we'll see. All right, man. All right, thanks, Trip. All right, talk soon. All right, thank you. As always, to Brendan Myers for coming on there and not only helping break down the loss to Villanova tonight, but also kind of giving a little bit of a perspective uh, going forward for the Red Storm into the second half of, of Big East play. That actually worked out kind of well. We are now in the in the second half of Big East play uh, after this game. So, you know, Brendan obviously offering what his thoughts are and how the Red Storm can kind of make this a not only a successful second half of conference play, but just a successful uh, season as a whole. And I think he hit the nail on the head. It really just is about showing improvement uh, going forward. You're not going to be a, a tournament team. You hope that you can make the NIT, obviously, but you know, you're know you not going to be a tournament team or anything like that. So you hope to just see that improvement now uh, going forward. But uh, I do, you know, that, that that does start on on Sunday against Georgetown, a team that blew you out a couple weeks ago. You want to see that improvement. You want to. I'm not going to call it a must win. I don't think anything is really a must win at this point for this team. You know, we know what they are, um, but that's a game that you really want to see them win. You know, you want to see that improvement. And like Brendan said, you want to prove that that is not who you are. That first game against Georgetown. So uh, we'll see where they go from there, and we'll see we'll see uh, where the rest of this season goes from there. But but Brendan hit the nail on that. It's really just about improvement going forward, and also. Uh, one more thing on Brendan, you can check out his radio show on WSJU Radio on Wednesday nights via the TuneIn app. Uh, I'll tag him in the tweet, obviously, when I send it out. You can obviously fo- find all the information there on his on his Twitter as well. But that should wrap up our show uh, for tonight. I hope everyone enjoyed listening to the show. Like I said, I hope it was just a little bit of a distraction maybe for anyone that needed it uh, after this tough, tough weekend that we've had. We will have another show next week. I might try to get a, a bigger name guest for next week uh, because we don't have a game next week. We have the, the, the Sunday game against Georgetown and the Saturday game against uh, Creighton on the 8th so I'm not really sure when our podcast is going to be coming out next week but hopefully we can do a, a bigger name guest as an interview for next week but we'll see we'll, we'll, we'll uh, keep that on the back burner for now but thank you all for listening tonight and as always let's go Johnny's